Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. Coming from California, here's Aaron Alvarado and David Stauffer. Welcome to the Brave Little Podcast. We are back after a 30-day shutdown. We have got the funds back to be able to broadcast again. And joining me from Los Angeles, Aaron Alvarado. Aaron, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. feels good to be back. Uh, I think now we can officially tell everyone that we are funded by the U.S. government. PBS, and, public uh, broadcasting. Well, PBS. close, CIA. But yeah, oh, yeah. it's close. It's close <laughs> to PBS. Um, yeah, the checks are flowing again. So yeah. well, thank I you to our, our amazing president. I appreciate it. Well, look, we, the that second wall. we stopped getting paychecks, look, no pay, no pod, is what I say. Yeah, exactly. We, we don't work for free, so. No. Did, did, no you see the, did you see that photo that went viral of the little kid that was uh, helping TSA? He was volunteering oh, sure with did. TSA. Oh, I did, yeah. yeah. Okay. Can you pull well, that up on the screen? It just seems, yeah. <laughs> it seems like a, it's a weird time to do a take your kid to work day during a, TS, <laughs> during a government shutdown. It's like, hey, son, come to work. You can see where daddy doesn't get paid, daddy or mommy. I mean, like, that does not seem kind of weird. Uh, and then, of course, it quickly turned into to child labor, which is exactly what it does. Right. Well, he had a little TSA uniform. I, di- I don't know where they got one that size. I don't uh, I thought there was a height requirement to be in TSA. And yet. Oh, no, I'm thinking uh, of the Air Force. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I was confused. Oh, this, I thought it was the same thing. I thought, uh, don't, no? Yeah. Is it not different branches of, okay. You start in the TSA and then you move, you, you make your you way move back. to Air Force yeah. and then you go to Space Force. <laughs> oh my gosh. Now, uh, is there any truth to that rumor that that was the kid that mowed the White House lawn? Is that true? Oh, uh, well, yeah, it had to have been. Uh, I mean, there's not that many kids who are so eager to help out. So. No, also, there aren't that many kids that are free during the day. And we know why. That kid is 100% homeschooled. Oh. There's, there's no doubt about that. That kid is homeschooled, for sure. Oh, man. Yeah. It, is it weird that we've had more photos of that kid with the president over the last year than, than, than photos of pre- the president with his own son? Is that weird at all? <laughs> At what point should we start asking for proof of life for poor Baron? Uh, We haven't seen him. Pretty sure there was an even swap. That TSA kid is now, he's the new Baron. They recast. He's the first kid. He's the the first kid. Yeah. (laughs) We need a first kid remake. (laughs) We need a first kid remake. Let's get it going. Well, Sinbad's still available. He can still play the, he was a secret service agent, I believe. Yeah, he certainly was. And he is extremely free. Oh, yeah, very available. His schedule is <laughs> wide open. As are his DMs, so go ahead and slide in there. <laughs> oh, man, it's good to be back, Aaron. Yeah, it we sure got, is. we got a whole hodgepodge of things to, to talk about. I mean, there's not – really, this is this is just kind of a hang pod right now. It's just – like, stick around for a good hang because we got some stories. We, we will be talking about the Oscars because the nominations were announced, and surprise, surprise – uh, sh- uh, outrage and snubs and we- we'll go over some of the uh, most glaring snubs on our lists which are mostly overlapped um, I also want to give my take on the movie Glass M. Night Shyamalan's mm. just uh, one of his, well it's his recent bona fide masterpiece I don't know how number one at the box office number one at the box office, number one in my heart and uh-huh. uh, number three I think on the list of best M. Night Shyamalan films wow, which, uh, that's pretty good not 
Yeah, not really, actually. It's the right behind uh, The Last Airbender. <laughs> yeah, yes, and yes, and After Earth above that. Um, <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's made two movies, spoiler alert, so being number three on that list isn't super great. Uh, but hey, bronze medal is something. Um, so we will talk that. We will talk blind spotting, which is, look, this happens every year. We'll do our top ten of the year pod, and invariably we can't see all films. They're going to be the ones that slip through the cracks. And so uh, we try to revisit the ones that we missed, uh, you know, once we actually see them. And blind spotting is one of those ones that uh, we both missed. And I think it would have been probably in both of our top tens. I don't want to speak for you. And so. No, I, go ahead, please. Yeah. Go ahead, white man. It. Please talk. Speak for me. <laughs> well, if there's any message from the movie blind spotting, it's that this is how I should uh, handle things. Um, <laughs> So we'll talk blind spotting as well, um, but first, Aaron, can I can I share a story? Some, some big news happened in your life. I don't want to gloat though. I feel like I don't it is your time to shine. Home. So please gloat away. But I also feel like this isn't going to happen again. You um, never know. Well, so I I had kind of a, a big moment a couple weeks ago. I, uh, I I shared a post on Reddit. And uh, I have made the front page of Reddit, uh, I think, three times in my life, which all three times, I mean, those are the three most important achievements, certainly the three greatest moments of my life. Uh, it's all anyone could ask for. But I've, I've made it there three times. I've cracked the, t- the front page. But what's interesting about the front page is that, you know, the algorithm on Reddit's a little different. And so you never actually hit all of them if you're on, like, the bottom, you know, portion or the bottom half, which is typically where I was. Well, a couple weeks ago, I not only made the front page for my fourth time, I, w- I got to the number one post on all of Reddit worldwide, uh, a post that accumulated 85,000 upvotes. And, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I want to tell that story um, because... Uh, look, well, what was the post? Up, what was the post? Oh, that's probably worth explaining. Um, well... Look, my life is, I mean, I, my currency, my life currency is, you know, it's in Reddit karma, right? Like the amount of Reddit karma, I think you can immediately tie to the success of your, you know, certainly your digital life. They call Reddit the front page of the internet. And so, um, so Lindsay and I, we were, uh, we were about to go, actually I'll rewind a little bit. The post was a photograph. Uh, that my grandfather uh, took who my grandfather was a park ranger at Yellowstone in his career so he worked for the Forest Service uh, National Park Ranger my, gr- my mom grew up in Yellowstone um, all around uh, they would move to different cabins at different parts of the year and um, my so your wait your mom was literally leave no trace kid literally yes wow incredible yeah, yeah. Not as good of an actor as uh, <laughs> actress, as the, but but yes, but she lived that that literal life. <laughs> um, I mean, she does actually have stories of all sorts of bear stories. Uh, she Yogi, got chased by a moose. Did, uh, did she meet Yogi Bear? Uh, not no Yogi stories, oh, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. It's like finding out Santa Claus isn't real when you learn that Yogi wasn't actually a thing. Um, <laughs> she did get chased by a moose walking home from school one day, which she to this day says is the most terrified she's ever been in her entire life. Like the most she's ever feared for her life is when she was chased by a, a, a huge like male moose. Yeah, uh, I believe it. Yeah, like truly terrifying. Just, you know, mooses don't mess around, put it that way. But anyway, so my, my grandfather uh, 
had taken a photo of the Three Stooges. This is in 1969. And I, I don't know the, all the backstory to this photo. I'm assuming he was their escort taking them around the park. Um, but this is 1969, which anyone that is a Three Stooges head knows that that's right at the tail end of their career. You know, they, this is, they're, they're certainly uh, in, in a more advanced age, but they were still making movies, still doing shows, still putting out things, you know. And so it's a really, uh, it's, it's a fascinating photograph. Um, and the reason why we discovered it, my, my grandfather passed away a few years ago, but his wife, my grandmother, just uh, passed away recently, just a couple weeks ago. And so my mom, um, you know, f- she was in a, a, a rest home in Utah. And so my mom had flown out to Utah to be with her siblings. And of course, you know, you get the belongings that are left behind. And there were some, uh, a group of photo books that they took turns just, you know, taking out of a pile because my grandfather just took tons and tons of photos. He it's kind of one of his, uh, kind of his passions, one of his hobbies. And so he, my mom just picks one of the photo books that happens to have this photo of the Three Stooges. It's a Polaroid. Uh, in 1969, I'll, I'll, for those on the Facebook live feed, I'll pull it up now so you can see it. Sorry for those just listening to the audio pod, but uh, you can check my Reddit account, which is, uh, I'm not sure about my, my Reddit username. It's Captain Outstanding, so you can look it up there. But um, for those of you who can see it, this is, it's this photo. And my mom shares this with me as she's going through my grandma's belongings. And I, I'm sincerely embarrassed to admit that I'm hardwired to recognize Reddit you know, gold when I see it and I see this photo and I'm thinking, Oh, I bet this will play. Um, well, you, I mean, you see the viral potential you, that's literally your job, right? So you're a marketer, especially I'm a marketer. Yes, exactly. Yes. So, so there online, is a hardware component to it, like just knowing, yeah. and there are things about this photo that's, it's just the fact that my process, my brain is like, okay, first off, this is really cool to have. And it's got my grandfather's handwriting, which is the handwriting of every grandfather. It's like, you know, block letters, three stooges. And he, you know, you can, he misspelled three initially and he tried to correct it. And he writes September 1969. And then in the photo itself, they're standing next to this old Chevy truck from the 60s, which looks really cool. You can tell the, the pine trees in the background that they're at the national park. They're wearing these hats. Uh, Curly, uh, this is Curly Joe. Yeah, Curly, Curly Joe. Yes, mm-hmm. Curly Joe. He's holding his hand up in a semi-silly way. Like, they're posing in a way that's just, like, it's both cool, it's historic, it's, like, there's a lot of wow to it. Um, and I looked at that, and I just thought, like, okay, there's a subreddit that's literally built for this very thing, and it's called r slash old school cool. This just, this just checks the box for old school cool. I bet it would play well. And I'd kind of forgotten about it. I ended up texting it to you and Skylar, and both you and Skylar were, like, what are you doing? Put this on Reddit. Like what? Like what are you waiting for? And it was like late at night, and I was like, "Well." And then this is the marketer in me is like, "Yeah, if I put something late at night, it's less likely to get the upvotes and the momentum required to." Because you know you got to break the front page of that specific subreddit, and then you got and then to even have a shot to break the front page overall of Reddit for those of you who know how, how you know know how Reddit works. And so I thought oh, I'll post it in the morning, and I ended up forgetting in the morning, but I did it kind of early afternoon. Uh, but I did it right before Lindsay and I were heading to drive from Sacramento where, I, where we live to downtown Oakland for a party for her work. It was, it was like their kind of end of year party is what it was. And um, I post it to old school. Cool. It starts getting initial moment. I see, you know, the upvotes are coming in pretty quick. Like I'm, I posted enough on Reddit, both personally and professionally to know when something is being organically upvoted at a rapid rate. And it was, I, I noticed that it was going to do well. And we were texting about that. 
But then I got in the car and I was not checking my phone for two hours because I was driving because I'm a responsible driver. And uh, I, we get to downtown Oakland. I pull out my phone and I have 1,000 Reddit notifications, which you get notifications on Reddit when either A, someone comments on a post, not, not upvotes, but like comments, and if someone sends you a direct message. And so I had a thousand of messages and comments, which meant the upvotes. I, in my mind, I like, was like, I don't know what. And I think it was at 30 or 40,000. Uh, and I had all of these notifications in my messages telling me that I made the front page of, uh, of Reddit. And then another notification that Reddit sent saying, you're the number one post on the front page. And I was just like, I was like, almost unconscious i was like <laughs> dizzy with joy and and like it, and it, it's great because you know i'm i'm having this moment with my wife who is who is there to ground me in reality uh because i i'm trying to explain the significance and she has this look on her face that's that's so sincere that's like like i'm proud of you but i also want you to know that like this isn't a big deal you know like <laughs> <laughs> like I, I want to share joy with you but like I need I, it's a, my job here is to to let you know that like that, that this isn't a thing <laughs> that you should be this excited about now can you contrast that with the reaction that we had in our group chat <laughs> in our group <laughs> it was like, we was like the, I mean we were going bananas it was just like you guys full on meltdown it. it was like just well because you guys were texting you guys were tracking the post while I was driving yeah, yeah. and you guys were like texting me like David, like red alert, it, like what is, you know, it's, it's happening. It's literally that, 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 uh, the Ron Paul gif of it's happening. Like, ah, one of our own is going to happen. Number one post on Reddit. Yeah. Uh, and it was, uh, it, it was amazing. I mean, I still haven't gone through all my messages. I, I, my notifications are at 430 right now. Cause I can't, there's just so many, but I, I got messages from people all over. I, from people just saying, Hey, that's really cool. Uh, I got messages from people saying that they were Three Stooges collectors, uh, giving and sharing websites saying like, hey, you could get a lot of money for that photo. Um, I'm not interested in monetizing on that photo, by the way. Um, I had messages from some dude in Serbia that was telling me his daughter had to do a report on Yellowstone and was wondering if my grandpa had any other cool photos that they could share in the report. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I sent him like three or four more photos, by the way. Oh, actually. that's awesome. Uh, and he was like asking, for, he's like, are there any stories or inside things that she could put in her and I have no idea if this guy was telling the truth about his daughter doing but I thought like you know it's a great it's certainly the type of thing that will get me to respond and so I right. told him a story about how uh, my grandpa used to tell me that Christmas day was the busiest day for him as a park ranger because that's when all the poachers came out uh, because they thought that park rangers would be home with their families on Christmas and so it was a very popular day to poach and my grandpa had to be out all day long and he knew all the hot spots to catch poachers and um, you know just a fun fact it's really interesting. Probably can't Google that, right? No, Maybe you that's can. no. But anyway, yes. the guy well, now back, you can't. So it's true. Now you can. But um, so I gotta say, as a, uh, I'm a poster myself, just like you. I have a mm -hmm. long career posting on social media, sure. message boards, yeah. going back uh, probably 15, 16 years at this point. Oh, oh yeah. Um, to make it to the number one slot on the number one or number two website in the entire world is incredible. Like that is an achievement that uh, I'll never do. So I gotta say congratulations, man. Well, That's really really cool. And um, I, I can't. I a part of me understands like why that thing rocketed to the top. 
but also I don't understand like why. <laughs> like it's it's really cool. I think it's interesting, but but w- I wonder what makes it connect with so many people that they uh, that they found it so interesting. So this is, I mean, I could have never predicted this level of success. I mean, I you kind of did though. Well, I I was yeah, but my my expectations were like this could crack the front page of. Our, of our slash old school cool, which, which is a big, is a big yeah, that's a big subscriber. That would have yeah. been uh, amazing, right? Yeah. And so, like, if, if that would that would to me was the ceiling of this post. What I didn't realize is how much the Three Stooges would still resonate with the Reddit audience. I just figured the age. This is just not the age of like, the millennials to the you know with some Gen X that are going to care about the Three Stooges. I mean, this isn't something most people grew up with, but like the amount of nostalgia, what I, I think what I underestimated was how much people enjoyed the experiences that they had with their either of their parents or their aunts and uncles or whatever, or their grandparents watching old Three Stooges videos because that's a majority of the messages I got were people that were like, this reminds me of, and a lot of the comments said the same thing. It just re- reminded them of watching this with their family members who did live through that era. Um, I will say though, as a marketer, there are elements that I can, I mean, at least hypothesize of, of why that this went mega viral because I'm, you know, I'm posting a photo here. You can see 85,000 upvotes, which is still is mind boggling to me because that means millions of people viewed this. Uh, yeah. And we know, um, well, we don't know what the actual recipe is for the algorithm for upvoting, but yeah. we know that 85,000 is not even the upvote total. Like that's like an arbitrary number that they that's put. Right. It actually has a lot more upvotes than that. A but lot more upvotes the, and a lot more views. Exactly. It's not an indication of how many people viewed it, right? I mean, it's, it's probably... Of times. Yeah, exactly. It's got to be probably 10 times ten, that. Tens of millions, really. Yeah. Um, but I, so the, the, I will say the title, I, I did think through. Uh, the title is certainly something that is important. Now, when, it, when it's an image-based post like this, the image is, is obviously... I mean, it lives or die on the, the power of the image. But a good title can help. And so the title, which it may seem pretty mundane, but I'm going to break down why I think it worked. But the title is, my grandpa worked as a park ranger in Yellowstone where he took this photo of the Three Stooges when they visited. And then period, 1969 period. Because one of the rules of the subreddit is you have to include the year in the title. So anyway, so my grandpa worked as a park ranger in Yellowstone where he took this photo of the Three Stooges when they visited, 1969. Seems like a normal title, and it is. It's the, my grandpa worked as a park ranger in Yellowstone. So Reddit loves like nature. They love mm-hmm. national park photos. They love the idea of my grandfather being a park ranger is inherently going to be attractive or cool. That idea, right? It also communicates that like I'm, I don't come from like a uh, uh, this like this line of super rich. Um, well, you know, like there is a not to say I, I appeal to the anti-capitalist vein of Reddit, but this idea of like um, people that go into that line of profession are generally people that aren't like millionaires and they're good. No, it's working class. That's, like that's the thing. Working class. That's what I'm getting at. It's working class. So yeah. there's a working class background that's like, oh, okay. And what, I'm not saying this is right or wrong, but like there's this, certainly a, a, a common Redditor will attach that to be like, oh, this is a, probably at least a decent person or someone that, you know, uh, there's an, like also this level of authenticity. I think there's a psychology there, even if it's subconscious, subconscious of the way that a Redditor would view me as the OP or right, the original poster of like, oh, okay, he's not some, you know, spoiled jerk sitting on a trust fund, right? Sure. But little, little do they know the truth. Uh, I am. Um, <laughs> yeah. I well, know. now you are. Now, now you, I am. Now you're I'm flush wrong. with I'm Reddit gold. A, exactly. Yeah, trust fund <laughs> Reddit karma. Um, <laughs> my kids are going to love it. I wish oh, I yeah. pick, I'm going to will it to them. Um, <laughs> but, um, 
yeah and so i i think that like leading with that actually uh probably caught the attention of more people or got the interest or certainly persuaded more people to to upvote it but anyway you, you never know how these things are going to hit the timing of it um but yeah i'm i'm uh, i've learned a lot of things about what that means in, of hitting the front page of, of not just the front page of reddit but the number one post uh i don't know if you knew this i didn't uh there is an uh, exclusive subreddit for any redditor that hits the number one post of all of reddit it's called r slash elite club <laughs> uh, there's also r slash um, eternity club or popular club for the people who make the front page and then there's people for top 10 post and then there's a subreddit for just the number one and so I got invited to that I got a message from a mod that's like hey this is a thing um, you know please don't talk about it it's like almost got a first rule of fight club don't talk about fight club type of thing which I immediately started telling people about it um, <laughs> because it's also the worst subreddit I'm uh, I'm subscribed to and I'm subscribed and I'm, I've subscribed to some pretty bad subreddits <laughs> <laughs> it's so boring and terrible and everyone which wants to talk about how excited they are to just have had a number one post uh, but it's just mostly people who got really lucky and hit the algorithm at the r with the right post and otherwise have, have uh, meaningless things to say and so uh, truthfully I'm just going to unsubscribe um, well I was going to say the real the real uh, BD move is to not even accept that invite yeah I, I wish I didn't <laughs> I was so excited I'm like what's going to happen in here like I'm going to learn the secrets of it you know it's like I, I reached the highest level of Scientology right I'm going to learn how to fly um, I'm going to Xenu but no no it was just people were posting photos of their uh, iPhone background image it's like everyone share whatever the background is on your iPhone and I was like oh this man exciting that at all. Is, that's bad <laughs> this is terrible uh, anyway so that was uh, a very was nice accomplishment. Good job. But, uh, yeah. Well, we're uh, I just want I just want to make it clear that you're in the presence of Reddit uh, royalty, Reddit celebrity. <laughs> I mean, this is Clay coming in, literally saying Reddit royalty among us. True, true elite status right here. The tops of the tops. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, you want to talk Oscar snubs? Yeah, let's do it. That was the big well, news story this week. I, right? You know, we, we, uh, I know you don't care about the Oscars, and Not I, at all. and that's why I love you. That's why you're you're my co-host and one of my best friends. Maybe my very best friend, to be honest. It better um, be. You're the only one who texts me back, at least. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, that's the old. Yeah. That's literally the only requirement you have. So yes, just <laughs> respond, please. That's it. Don't ghost me. Don't ghost me. Um, but uh, I, you don't watch the Oscars, uh, and no. because they don't matter. Um, now, I'm sure you know about the controversy surrounding this year's Oscars. They had a host, and then they didn't. And uh, then there was, there was a lot of drama around who they were going to pick, and they have decided to go with no host at all, which is a, just a surefire disaster, uh, which uh, I just, yeah, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how that goes. I'll see how that goes. My question to you, Aaron, is what would get you to tune in? Or rather more specifically, who could host this Oscars? That would make it mandatory viewing for you. Like, is there a host where they're like, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go with a a pick that's maybe not conventional wisdom, maybe something that people wouldn't expect. Uh, we're gonna go with a wild card pick, and it would be so exciting for you that you'd actually tune in. I want to know, is there someone? Who is it? Uh, I mean, just off the top of my head, um, Shaq. Give me give me Shaq to host the Oscars. Oh my gosh. You know what? How much of a train wreck would that be? Oh my gosh! Well, first off, it, he would be mumbling. Um, 
and it wouldn't be all the way in the microphone. You know, it wouldn't be. No. Oh my gosh. No. Could you imagine him just pull like the like the like the Oscars mon the montage the video that they at the beginning is just like Shacked in a Fool highlights. It's just <laughs> <laughs> like halfway through the 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 show, he just gives up and brings out the full TNT desk. With well, him and the other thing guys. Is, I, I mean, that's not a bad idea. If Ernie and Kenny and Charles Barkley and Shaq hosted the Oscars. That, I'm telling you, that's the idea right there. Oh, that's, a, that's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm, give me the, uh, the TNT crew to host. Oh, that's I'll watch idea. that. I mean, I'm going to watch at least the first break of that. Um, oh, yeah. Other yeah. than that, maybe like if we're talking real talent, give me Donald Glover. Yeah, if you, if you let Donald Glover just like go totally outside the box, yeah, give me that. I'll, I'll sit there and watch that. If he gets to well, host he's as got a the comedy Teddy, uh, chops, the performative chops, the music chops, like ooh. that's someone that's so uber talented. Yeah. By the way, you know they asked him. They had to have. They had to have. Uh, he, yeah. Zero percent chance he's he's he would ever accept that. Interview. Okay, but what if he gets to do it as Teddy Perkins? Oh. Oh man! Right? Oh, what if he did? What, wow! What if he does this Andy Kaufman style performative piece where that is just super unsettling and people don't know, you know, what to think? Because Teddy Perkins, uh, for those of you who don't know that reference, it's a character from this past season of Atlanta that he plays that is under heavy prosthetics and costume. Uh, some would say whiteface. Um, it's more like gray face. I wouldn't gray say face, white. Really, it's, it's really like, kind of a grayish. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 meant to look in the lack of a better term in the mold of a Michael Jackson type right. of figure. Uh, certain late stage figure. Michael Jackson. But what? It's late stage Michael Jackson. Late stage Michael Jackson for yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, dude, I would watch that. Oh my gosh, that would make everyone in the room so uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, I would. Idea. So that's the one. Give me, uh, give me um, Teddy Perkins. Uh, yeah, Donald Glover. For me, and we've actually talked about this in past pods long ago, so early listeners will, will remember this reference. Uh, Skyler and I, particularly, we, we kind of had this campaign, it's had to have been three years ago, to have John Hamm uh, host the Oscars. John Hamm, who's not just a good, not just a, uh, a pretty face. This is a guy who I think is a good actor, but he's also very funny. Uh, and we know that because every time he's hosted SNL, which I think is either two or three times, have been st- just stellar. Like, the guy clearly knows uh like good comedic timing and he's always down for the bit very funny uh looks good in a tuxedo i think he could do it uh, he's got the chops like he's he would be yes. a very safe choice and he would be a very safe choice yeah very talented guy so but the, but the campaign those of you that are interested in the cause i mean it's hashtag oscars go ham which was given to us by listener kevin balzer shout out to kevin uh, <laughs> I do remember. oscars go ham so, oscars anyway. go ham i'm i'm uh, I, Definitely retweeting that, for sure. Oscar, oh, please do. If you got to get a Twitter account first, but yeah, please do. Um, I'll look into it. We'll see. <laughs> the, other, the other idea is uh, Dave Chappelle. So I'm watching Oscars, of course, regardless, right? Even with the hostless version. But if Dave Chappelle, which they would never, ever, ever no. ask him or have him do that, the, host the Oscars. If Dave Chappelle actually got that gig, boy, would that make that an interesting evening. I'm watching and Dave I, Chappelle if he hosts the Oscars. But look, he was in A Star is Born, which was a, yep. one of the most nominated films of the evening. So it wouldn't be like that wild of a – even though, you know, it's a past his prime um, Dave Chappelle in terms of like the Chappelle show. Yeah. I mean, he's still very much on his game. He's still very much funny. I, I just think that he'd go out there and 
be hilarious and also say things that would um, get him in tons of trouble. Well, yeah, and the thing is, we know that Hollywood is way too sensitive. Oh, yeah. um, do you remember how they reacted to the Ricky Gervais just lightly prodding them at the uh, oh. Golden Globes? I think it was. Oh, oh my gosh! So it, yeah, he, he yeah, made, he made a he. Like he made a, I thought a very funny and uh, very innocent uh, jab at Tim Allen. And yeah. when Tim Allen came out to present with Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks went out of his way to, to defend Tim Allen before they presented the like a nominees for that specific award. Yeah. To like he Tom, Tom Hanks was so outraged at the jab at his uh, his fellow uh, co-star in Toy Story uh, by Ricky Gervais that he goes up there and makes fun of Ricky Gervais. Yeah, uh, pokes fun at his uh, when he used to be like chubby or something. He made some yeah. remark that I thought was interesting, and then defends Tim Allen, and then it continues. And I'm like, okay, okay, we need to. This is terrible. Like, then, really uh, also, hurt. that might might have been the last time that Ricky Gervais was funny. Yeah, I don't. Oh, I think they, they broke Ricky after that. No, they did. They did. They broke Ricky. That's right. Oh my gosh. So yeah, uh, no, Chappelle's never gonna host the no, Oscars. Not one time. That they're never. Nope. Nope. It's not gonna happen. Would be Although, great. give me give me a Chappelle and Neil Brennan. Reteam them for oh one night gosh. only. Bring Three back mics. the duo. Three mics. Three. Uh, <laughs> um, Bring back the duo that brought us the Chappelle show. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's 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 go into the snubs. I know you don't care about the Oscars, but you saw the nominees. You you at least have some skin in this game or, or a dog in this fight in the sense of that there are movies that you liked that were um, certainly up for nomin you know considered for uh, to be nominated i, I want to know when you looked at the list for the first time what were the initial ones that jumped out to you as uh, major omissions ones that didn't get nominated that like really surprised you well yeah well, i think the first one without a doubt was the uh the mr rogers documentary not getting nominated won't you be my neighbor so i mean that of all the movies that i saw i think that was uh one that I was the most sure would get at least a nomination, if not win the category. Oh, I was certain it would win. I didn't and think then, it would be a question yeah. nominated. And then to see that it wasn't even nominated was just absolutely mind-blowing. And I, I think uh, I posted something from Questlove, um, the drummer from The Roots, and mm -hmm. um, he, he actually gave some insight into this. This is his first year as a voting member of the Academy. And um, he, he hypothesized that the reason that uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor missed the cut was literally because the movie starts with the the letter w so his his theory was oh my goodness his theory was that theory. uh they they get they all the oscar voters get a list from a to z and you go through the list and you pick your favorites oh my and gosh. yeah i mean for him he left it off the list because he figured that everyone else was going to vote for it so he gave votes to other movies um, as some sort of like game theory, but uh, he screwed it up because the movie didn't make the cut. And he said it's for him. It was literally fatigue that caused him to give up halfway through. <laughs> so I can't even imagine what some of the older voters that uh, aren't as as interested in um, making a statement with their vote. Which was I thought it was interesting that Questlove was uh, willing to accept that criticism, uh, well earned criticism by the way. But the fact that he actually was honest and went out there and yes. said, this is what happened. I screwed up. Yes. So, look, this is, oh, man, that's, I, did, I, not, I had not heard that. It makes a ton of sense to me. The, the best guess I had was just that people didn't vote for it because they thought it was the shoe-in. That they, that like, you know, which was part of Questlove. That was, yeah, thought. exactly. That was part of it. I figured that was most of it. Everyone's like, okay, this one's definitely getting in. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some love at this other doc that I like that, you know, has less of a chance of getting nominated. And everyone thought that. That it was such a, 
you know, because I, I bet the Academy was stunned it didn't get nominated. I'm sure, and Morgan Nel- Melville, the director, I mean, I think he already he already has his Oscar from 20 Feet from Stardom, so, not you know, he's fine. He's doing fine. But, like, he, he made a, a film that was worthy of another Oscar nomination. It just seems crazy uh, that he get nominated. Yeah, that's the, that's the best documentary of the year, top to bottom. Not my favorite documentary, but it was the best documentary. Yeah, um, well, so. we should... And we need to be clear or, or, or open and, and honest with ourselves that these Oscar voters are not watching the movies. Most of them are they're not. They're not... I mean, you talk about the older Academy and the, the way they treat their votes. I, I just... I think that there are probably older Academy Academy members who probably didn't see any of the movies that are on, like that are actually nominated. Like I bet there are people who maybe seen a handful, and they don't watch their screeners that get sent to them. Yeah, you know, and they just they vote on movies based on reputation, based on what they think should win, based on what they heard was good, or based on people that they liked that made it or were in it. That that they're famous for having done that. We we know this happens. That's that's why we see beloved actors get nominated and win for films that aren't good. Um, we see movies that aren't good get nominated, and we wonder how this happens. And it's just like, look, this isn't an inside industry thing that where people just like want to see their friends get awards or people that they admire or whatever. It's like, I, the what was that? Um, what was that? The terrible silent black and white movie that won Best Picture that one year? Oh, The Artist. The Artist. Yeah, there you go. Unbelievable. I mean that <laughs> that win, let alone the nomination. I mean, I mean the nomination hasn't aged well, let alone the win as well. No. I mean, oh, and the actor won Best Actor. That French actor, I can't even say his name. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's amazing. Uh, just he has not worked. I, I Abysmal. Uh, yeah. But and that was Weinstein. The effect was in there as well. Uh, mm, I mean, that's someone I wouldn't they, want to host the Oscars. Oh yeah, yeah, pretty pretty low on the list. Of, Neither uh, of the Weinstein's personally. Helpful. Gosh. <laughs> Bob, you know, I think Bob Weinstein would be a. No, mm-mm. I'm out on both Weinstein's. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it blows my mind. I I told part of the story on the pod before, but I went to I was at the Sundance Film Festival one year, which we should make a note is going on right now. And uh, our friend of the pod and guest host Shannon is working fourth mic. At, what's that? She's officially the fourth mic on this podcast. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, some would say the third, but. Um, well, yeah, yeah. She's moving up real quick. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, she, yes. She's going to be number one mic here, I'm sure, if I, if I keep stumbling over my words. Um, but uh, she's actually going to come and do a full Sundance recap, which I'm excited to hear. But anyway, I was at Sundance the year Searching for Sugar Man came out, which was excellent and went on to win the uh, Best Documentary Oscar. But I, uh, I, I remembered the line I was in, which was a wait list line. Uh, it was really, really tense because it was a very long line of people. And there ended up only being four open seats. And it was me and my buddy. And we saved seats for two women behind us. When we first got in line, there were two women that came right behind us. And then they were like, hey, do you mind saving our spots? We have to go somewhere. What we didn't realize is the somewhere they went was to another movie. Mm-hmm. And because we were in line for the wait list for like three hours. And so they, we saved the spot for two hours. After a while, I thought they just weren't coming back. But then they came back and they're like, oh, thanks so much for saving our, saving our spots. And we we're like, oh. Uh, and then the people behind them were like, "Wait, what? What's going on?" And like, "Oh yeah, they, you know, they they said that they'd save our spots." It's like, "Well, yeah, we did say that, but that was two hours ago." And, it was really <laughs> awkward. and they just and these and these are two middle-aged women, and and it was just like the people started complaining, and they went and grabbed Sundance employees, and they got uh, uh, Robert Redford to come by. I mean, <laughs> almost. But the employee comes over and is just like, "Hey, is this true? You're, we, you know, there's no saving spots in line." And and the woman 
one of the women, the main one, was just like the one I was talking to most, uh, was like, we were here before anyone else was. We were here right after these two gentlemen. We were here before any of these people behind us, but, but we left for momentarily. They'd save our seats, and I'm, I'm just awkwardly standing there being like, I don't want to defend you. And she's like, you know, and then she drops this like, I was the executive producer on Casa de Mi Padre, that Will Ferrell movie. Uh, da, da, da. And I was like, did she just drop Casa de Mi Padre as like a reason, her being a producer is a reason why she should... <laughs> And I'm just like I'm reeling, right? I mean, that and explains so why she was in line <laughs> in standby. They, they she got away with it. They let her. Uh, they let her stay. The people behind her didn't get into the screening. Oh, um, yeah, rough. But but anyway, uh, it was. Super Did they get awful. signed copies of the uh, that the movie she was <laughs> executive produced? Well, well, so so this is where the conversation got interesting because I'm like, okay, she owes me some answers. We just took some heat for her. Uh, and I was like, I turned to her, I was like, so, Casa de Mi Padre, you do produce a lot of movies? Um, and she's, and she's, you know, as you can imagine, follows up with, oh, yeah, I'm uh, part of the Producers Guild. In fact, I'm an Academy uh, voting member uh, producer, you know, for certain categories. And I thought, oh, you vote on the Academy Awards. I have some questions for you. <laughs> Tell me about the process and why you make some of the, you know. And my mind is just like, I have so many questions. And we ended up having a very long conversation about, uh, this past that, that specifically that year of what you know what had been because the nominations had just come out and I was wondering about a handful of snubs and hearing her reasons for why she voted or did not vote for certain movies I mean it just uh, it removed any amount of credibility uh, you know not, not that I had a ton like I I knew that I shouldn't care about the Oscars this, this is not a thing that should matter at all but hearing her it was just like just the first hand account of like the mind of just one producer that votes on movies. And I'm just like, oh, this is, it's just doesn't matter. It's just nothing. It doesn't matter. She was openly talking about voting or not voting on movies that she didn't even see. And, but she had opinions about because of stories that she had heard about, you know, actors. And I mean, it was just the stuff that was just kind of like, oh, oh, so then none of this matters. All this is just a joke. So, Um, yeah. So now you heard her reasons for voting for that Academy Award movie. Um, imagine how annoying her reasons were for voting for her uh, candidate in 2016. <laughs> <laughs> let's, I don't know where that woman is right now, but let's just say um, she wasn't exactly thrilled when the government was reopened recently. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to build a wall around that line. <laughs> I can't tell you. I still, I still feel guilt for uh, not, not uh, speaking up and saying, no, they're... Uh, they're 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 uh, us saving their spot in line expired. They they you know they need to. I'm not going to stand up for them. I, I wish I wish I had, but uh, I mean that yeah. shouldn't have been on you though. That should have been on the uh, oh the, the, the oh, employee of the, the Sundance. Oh, she she bullied the employee in the of most course. Hollywood bully way, and it worked. That the the poor. That's why she's a good producer. <laughs> she she produced mm-hmm. one of the few Will Ferrell movies I haven't seen. Um, that's entirely <laughs> no one Spanish. has. That's entirely in Spanish. Which, by the way, that was yeah. one of the things she told me. I was asking her about Casa de Mi Padre, and she talked about how it underperformed at the box office, and they didn't exactly, she, you know, how producers will provide notes, you know, to directors and writers on things. And she was upset about some of the notes. Uh, which, for those of you that, that don't know, Casa de Mi Padre is entirely in Spanish. It's the only Will Ferrell movie that you know it's entirely in another language. And uh, her notes were more English, please. Um, and uh, 
Yeah, she said, "This we're going to release this movie in America. They need to speak English. They uh, need to speak American." Is actually what her note said. Yeah, yeah. And so they rebuffed. They did. They did not listen to the note, and she's pretty upset about it. And that's why she said it didn't make money. So. <laughs> I, I may have made up that. <laughs> All right. Um, so, I, uh, uh, I, I prom, I promise you, we're going to keep this one under an hour. Uh, so, I, I do want to continue with our snubs. Uh, yeah, just a couple that I have: Ethan Hawke uh, for best actor, uh, Paul Schrader for best director. Um, also, um, the movie Leave No Trace. I think after seeing that, should have been up for best. Uh, Best picture, I think. Absolutely. So that's another one. We we talked about blind spotting being a movie that, uh, you know, we didn't. Neither one of us uh, had caught before we did our top tens. I had leave no trace in my top ten. You hadn't seen it yet, but you're saying now it would have been in your top ten. It would have been in my top five, maybe top three. Wow. That's how good wow. the movie is. And also for snubs, uh, Deborah Deborah Granick, the director, I believe. Absolutely. She should have been nominated for best director. Get Adam you McKay out of that list. He's garbage. Do you, see these, do you see this list of directors nominated? It's terrible. So we have Alfonso Cuaron, who we expected for Roma. Uh, well earned. You know, yeah. One of the greatest you know, living directors, certainly. Mexican. Uh, Gorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite. Okay. He's all right. Um, yeah. I didn't see The Favorite, so I don't really have an opinion, although I typically like Yorgos. We have Spike Lee for Black Klansman. Um, while this may have been Spike's best film in, I don't know, 10 years? Uh, 15 years? I don't know. It still, I think that it's a bit of a stretch uh, for being one of five best director noms. Uh, we also have Adam McKay for Vice, which is just silly because it wasn't a good movie, and no. uh, and he wasn't a good director. And no. it's just like the reasons why the movie was wasn't good is entirely his, right? Like it's all it's all on him. And so I can't believe he got nominated. Uh, and then we have a name that I've never seen before in my entire life until these nominations came out, uh, Powell. Uh, Pawlkowski for a film I've never heard of till now called Cold War, which I, yeah. I'm guessing isn't a movie about what I think it's about. Um, and uh, <laughs> and you're never gonna watch it. That's the other thing. Never, no, never. Is that a Polish name? It sounds like yes. a Polish. Yeah, name. he's he's Polish. Yeah. What? How did he get nominated, Aaron, for a movie no one has seen, the Academy included? Like, what happened? No, no idea. I don't know. So we get you got Paul Schrader, doing some of the best work of his entire career in his in his 70s, not on this list. Uh, I mean, Deborah Granick, who I think made a near masterpiece with Leave No Trace, not on this list. I mean, crazy. It's unacceptable. Just totally so, unacceptable. Uh, for, for me, though, you mentioned the Ethan Hawke snub. That's first. I mean, Won't You Be My Neighbor was the first one that popped out, certainly, because I couldn't believe it. I will say the only silver lining to that, if there is one, is that it gives Minding the Gap a chance at winning. Uh, I was thrilled to see it got nominated. I really didn't know how much that would have translated. I just don't see Academy members actually watching that documentary, and they may not have, but they, they, at least they, some of them enough voted to get it nominated, and uh, I would love to see that one win. Uh, did you watch Mining the Gap yet? I haven't seen it yet. It's on my yeah, list. Yeah, you got to check it out. But, yeah. check it out. Uh, and then, but Ethan Hawke not getting a Best Actor nod, which is insane, not just because of how good he is, but because he actually deserves to win this year. He was the best actor. He should get the Oscar. The fact that he didn't get nominated is just a real travesty. It's just stupid. It's silly, uh, especially when you see Willem Dafoe get nominated for a film I'd never heard of and no one's ever seen. Uh, just because Willem Dafoe's publicist was working overtime, you know, I mean, he gets a nod. It's just, what are, just we need to stop giving out these career achievement awards. It's just silly. Crazy. Um, so I do think we're going to wrap this up. I, 
I think we should wait to talk on glass and blind spotting. We're gonna, we're gonna, let's save that for a future pod. There's just too much to talk about. So for those that are tuning in, hoping to hear all my hot takes on glass, and boy, do I have them. <laughs> uh, I, I, I hate to, to be such a tease, but I think we'll wait till the next pod. Is that, does that sound good? Sounds good to me. Glass deserves its own episode. It we might just do an M. Night episode, I think. We do. Yes, yes. Uh, an M. Night pod Milan. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, that didn't work. Um, and same with blind spotting. I, I think it deserves more time than, than Rex. I wouldn't even mind talking about Leave No Trace. I don't remember if, you, if we did, like, a review no, on we that. No, it was, we, did an, we did one episode where we, I just rifled through a bunch of movies that I saw um, that you hadn't seen, and I gave my kind of takes on them, and that's as much as we had talked about it. Uh, but I think that definitely merits more uh, uh, discussion for sure. Uh, it's really something. I, I think the most we talked about it was in the top ten pod when I, uh, and I also referenced that actress Mackenzie something. I forget her name. Mm-hmm. She who I think was Thomason uh, Mackenzie. What's that? Her name is Thomason Mackenzie. Thomason Mackenzie. That's right. Yeah. Uh, New Zealand uh, actress who is just a revelation. I think she's awesome. I can't believe yeah. how good she is. Anyway, um, so we will talk about those things, and um, yeah, and we'll we'll get. Um, I can't wait to talk about the third act of Glass. <laughs> there will be spoilers. I have so much to say, and uh, it's just you know, M. Night Shyamalan's known for his twists, and he really piles on the twists in this third act. It's twist upon twist upon twist. You get so sick of the twists because you don't want any of them to begin with. They're not great twists, but it makes for something. I think truly special and worth discussing. So we will talk about that. Um, <laughs> As a fan of twists, uh, specifically cinnamon twists, oh, I think I'm going to love fan. the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, Aaron. Anything else that you want to talk about? No, I think we hit it all. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. A Saturday yeah, no night, Saturday night pod. Go enjoy the rest of your Saturday night with your wonderful wife. Thank you for listening to the Brave Little Podcast. Hold on to your butts. 